0: You are listening to The Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our interview with the sound editors for A Quiet Place, Ethan van der Ryan and Eric Adol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Next Best Picture Podcast. Today, we are interviewing two of the sound editors for the new film directed by john krasinski and also co-written and starring him called a quiet place the film is very very heavily influenced by sound it works itself into the themes of the film itself so we're very very excited to have the two uh, sound members on our show today we have oscar nominee for argo and transformers dark of the moon eric adol And we also have Ethan Van Der Ryan, who also was nominated alongside Eric for Argo and Transformers Dark of the Moon, and also has won two Oscars for King Kong and The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Gentlemen, quite the resume. How are both of you doing today?
1: Very well, thanks. thanks. Great to be chatting with you.
0: Well, first of all, welcome to the show. We're very, very excited to have you guys here. I mean i i tell you i haven't been this excited about a sound interview since uh we did the interview for baby driver last year and mostly that is because of the focus of sound within the film a quiet place so this is really really exciting for uh for myself but just to break the ice a little bit here i'd like for our listeners to get a chance to know both of you uh first and foremost before we get started uh, and we talk about a quiet place so would you guys mind telling me both how you got involved within the industry and specifically uh, working in sound?
1: Uh, yeah, this is Eric. I'll, I'll start. Um, well, I'd been in some way working with sound since I was a kid. I just started playing piano when I was five years old. I started making my own movies, and then I'd mix my own movies um, through high school and uh, wound up going to film school at USC. And quickly falling in love with sound there through their sound departments, and one of my professors happened to be the inventor of THX. So <laughs> Tomlinson. Oh wow! So that was really inspiring. And uh, and after finishing film school, I got a job as a sound assistant on the TV show NYPD Blue. And then about a year after that, started sound effects editing. And one thing to the led to the next, and I started doing features, and then. Uh, Ethan and I started working together back in 2006 on the first Transformers film, and we've been partners ever since.
0: And I got to say, that's a hell of a project to uh, work on for the first time together. But you guys, like you said, have been partnering up ever since. That's quite awesome to hear. Uh, Ethan, what about yourself?
2: So I went to a film school up in the Bay Area and, and it's interesting because I think uh, in the, my own films that I was doing, the sound was probably the least accomplished, least developed part part of them. I, I definitely, uh, it definitely wasn't, wasn't very good. Um, but there happens to be a little bit of a film sound community in the Bay Area that grew up around um, Francis Coppola and, and George Lucas. And I was lucky enough to be able to get an apprenticeship um at Skywalker Sound which is uh George Lucas's sound facility and I happened I was just in the right place at the right time and was able to learn from some of the best people in the business I started um working a lot with uh Gary Reitstrom who's a very influential sound designer um who works out of Skywalker and um One of the first big movies I worked on um, that he was the sound designer on was Terminator 2, and I spent about 10 months um, doing a lot of sound effects, field recording, and riding on motorcycles and riding in cars and just having all kinds of really fun experiences and then taking these sounds that I would record back into the studio and first breaking them all down and cataloging them. And then I started to get to start working with some of the sounds to picture and i just found that process to be so magical really that's the best way to describe it you know the first time you you're you put sounds to to picture it creates you know something much larger than the sum of its parts and there's obviously you know i realized there's so many different ways <laughs> that it can all come together and there's never a clear way. It's always like an exploration that you need to, to sort of find your way through. And I found that experience really captivating. So I was uh, at Skywalker for about 14 years, getting to work on a lot of great movies, um, Titanic, Saving Private Ryan, being a couple of them after Terminator. Then I got the opportunity to go to New Zealand and work with Peter Jackson on the Lord of the Rings movies and king kong i was there for about four and a half years and then i came back to the states and got um offered the first transformers movie and that's where i was fortunate enough to to hook up with eric and um yeah and we've been working together ever since we started our own company e squared e squared sound.com and um yeah, we've been able to do a lot of great projects together. We're always pushing each other to, <laughs> to, to find new ways to, to, to push the boundaries of sound and image and how they come together.
0: Well, if I do say so myself, um, from, from just a fan in general of a lot of the films that you guys have worked on, I mean, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, I'm going to gush for a moment, is my favorite film of all time. Bravo to both of you, honestly, because I, I'll never forget, like, you know, for example, watching uh, Argo in the movie theater and, you know, that opening crowd sequence and just saying to myself, oh my God, the sound work in this is just absolutely phenomenal. Sure enough. You guys land back at the party, get yourselves another Oscar nomination, uh, and some of the f- films that you just mentioned there uh, a second ago there, uh, Ethan, I mean, th- that's just a hell of a resume, so bravo to you for shaping uh, what, you know, a lot of people always talk about film in pictures and images, but bravo to both of you for shaping uh auditorily speaking what we've been hearing over the last couple of years I mean because some of those films are some of the best of all time you know
1: yeah yeah well you. you know we we feel strongly that uh, sound is 50% of the experience and sometimes more than 50% of the experience. <laughs> but, uh, you know we uh we sometimes forget people talk about, Oh, I went and saw a movie. I went and watched a movie. And we like to think in terms of, well, you're using two senses. Actually, you're not just seeing, you're also hearing Yeah. and a quiet place is kind of just the perfect demonstration of that for, for us. Um, oh yeah. Incredibly challenging, but just all, all about sound, like in its DNA, it's, it's about sound. So hopefully it gave a chance for audiences to, Open up their ears and and uh, listen um, in a unique way.
0: Right. So, in talking about a quiet place, I mean, when you know, you mentioned before there, Ethan, that you were. Uh, Offered uh, the ability to come on to like the Transformers films. Is is this the kind of film where both of you were offered the opportunity to work on to it, or did you guys happen to hear, oh my lord, a horror movie that's heavily fixated around sound? I have to be a part of this. How how did you guys come on board to the project?
2: Well, we were we were fortunate enough that we um, to have worked with the producers um, of A Quiet Place on a few other projects, and they they approached us last year and said, hey, we've got this really cool. Um, lower budget, um, film, but it's all about sound. Uh, there's almost no dialogue in the movie. There's very little music in the movie. Um, we want you guys to do it. And we said, hell yes. This is like the project we've been waiting for. They sent us a script and we were just completely blown away by it and just knew that this is something we really wanted to be involved with.
0: now, a film such as this presents itself uh, some very unique challenges. Like you said, lack of dialogue, very minimalist score. um, With an intense focus on sound being present throughout the entire film and working its way into um, the the essence of the screenplay, what challenges, or let's even put a nice positive spin on it, opportunities did you guys uh, see with specifically A Quiet Place?
1: Well, I think the... uh the first and maybe most obvious opportunity was, um, it's right there in the title of the film, Quiet, (laughs) you know. um, A lot of people might assume that uh, a quiet film is easy compared to a film that's full of sound and and is bombastic and is wall-to-wall. But um, the opposite is quite true, that um, when you get really quiet, um, you're kind of naked in a way. So, in a sense, every little sound becomes a big sound, and um, <laughs> and it's uh, every del- delicate little intimate detail is exposed. So, um, on a broad sense, that was um, the biggest opportunity for us to really kind of reset the hearing threshold levels for a movie in kind of a different way. I think you know, quiet and especially silence because it's not used that often in film um, is kind of novel and, and unsettling in a film like this. Um, And uh, the quieter we could get, the more unsettling it could get. So um, that, that was kind of a thrilling, uh, thrilling opportunity. And uh, Ethan hand it off to you on some of the first challenges we we were thrown uh, when we finally sat down and started working with the film.
2: Well, I mean, obviously there's some key key story um points that really had to be told through the sound design um and one of the first ones we tackled was sort of the key point that um Regan the do- the the deaf daughter who who in real life um the actress is actually deaf and um I think that was that was crucial to sort of the authenticity of that character. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the key story point being that she has a cochlear implant, and um, I don't know how much uh, we want to go with spoilers here, but uh, I think this is not too much of a spoiler. There's, um, there's an interaction that happens between her, her cochlear implant, her hearing aid, and the creature. Um, and it it have, it affects the creatures in a in a very uh, in a negative way. It puts them into pain, and and of course it also puts her. It causes feedback to her, which is which is painful. And so that's one of the first scenes that we that we tackled was the scene in the in the cornfield early in the movie, where um, Regan's in the middle of the cornfield and the and the creature which is blind emerges, you know, out of the corn stalks behind her. So she can't see it, but she starts hearing this intense feedback from her hearing aid. Um, And so she knows something's something's going on, something's changed. And then the creature starts to experience this intense pain um, from the interaction with the with the hearing aid, and so setting up that whole dynamic and and telling that story was a key sort of puzzle piece that we tackled early, and that 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 led us into this whole idea of creating sonic envelopes for the characters. Um, so we we were able to we started exploring the idea of a sonic a sonic point of view which which John came to call uh, uh her envelope for Regan the dot the deaf daughter and um we are able to to set that up and of course that's a way to really start stripping out sound and get it to a place where it's really almost her just hearing the sound the sounds of uh her her body you know the sounds of her blood moving through her body, and um, this is this is sort of based on um, descriptions that her and her mom gave to John while they were shooting the movie that John passed on, on to us. Oh wow! And we we for ourselves we we based it on experiences that we've had in anechoic chambers where there's no external sound at all to the point where your ears really open up. Um, so that all you're hearing after a certain amount of time is your own, your own body. Um, so we, we kind of based uh, her sonic point of view or sonic envelope on that, that idea. And then we realized, well, we want to be able to go into the sonic point of view of the creature. And when we started working on that, this scene that I 'm describing, there was no actual creature there yet, right. so we just started playing with the sound design um, with a blank plate, and we got it to a point where it felt like you know something interesting is happening. this is cre- this is setting up an interesting juxtaposition, uh, especially in the sense that within the shot we can see we can see Regan and we can see the creature behind her. But the creature is blind, so the creature can't see her, even though it's, you know, maybe 10 feet from her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's it's experiencing pain from this feedback interaction with the hearing aid, and she's experiencing pain but can't see the creature because it's behind her. But we as the audience can see what's going on, and we can hear... Both points of view sonically, so it cre- it was starting to create this really interesting juxtap- juxtaposition of of sound and image, and then as the images of the creature started to come in from ILM, we were able to sort of refine that concept. But that was a that was a key sort of sound design story challenge to solve early. That that led into unlocking a lot of other ideas in the film
0: yeah, it's actually something that gives the film a very unique element and also aids within the horror aspects while watching it as well because as both of you uh, quite know very well, silence can be extremely unnerving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very key storytelling tool. Um, I want to stick with the creature uh, for a moment here and um, I was wondering if you guys could tell me a little bit about the process for the creature sound effects and if you drew from any... Inspiration, uh, maybe some favorite creatures of the past uh, from other, uh, you know, cinematic films before that might have influenced you?
1: Well, um, you know, we didn't consciously try to emulate any creatures that we've seen or heard before in film. I think our starting point really was um, trying to come up with different both vocal modes for the creatures and their physicality. Uh, those were kind of our starting points. And, and John described kind of three main modes of the creatures. Um, the f- first mode being a searching mode. Mm-hmm. So because these creatures are blind, um, they, they use sounds to orient themselves in the world. And, uh, and uh, so we started playing with the idea of echolocation, um where they would use kind of like these clicky sounds to kind of paint a sonic picture of their geography so they can navigate through the world without bumping into everything essentially <laughs> since they're blind yeah <laughs> um so uh so we started kind of basing ideas off of other cre- living creatures that have um that echolocation ability like um dolphins and and bats and um and uh, so that's kind of the searching mode. And uh, the next mode that John described is kind of their idling mode. So we started playing with their breathing sounds, is, you know, deep, wet, guttural, raspy breaths. And, uh, and then the final mode is um, their agitated mode where their, their vocal intensity kind of escalates into, into agitation and then attack. And so those are the, the bigger, more powerful, um, intense kind of uh, shrieks and roars that the creatures do. Um, and uh, one, one thing that we did decide, though, was um, to not, not really give the ingredients to what we used for the vocals. Um, this is something that, uh, that kind of came up when we were working on um, Gareth Edwards' film, Godzilla, and people were asking us, how how'd you make Godzilla's roar? And we kind of realized that there's a certain amount of power to maintaining the mystery of what it is. Um, there's a the kind of magic that can happen between sound and picture when you don't know what the ingredients are. And we didn't want to tell audience exactly how we made it because they'd be thinking about that the whole time when, when watching the film um and uh that said is even with our director with gareth edwards we didn't tell him how we did it until we were done with the movie because we didn't want him thinking about um whatever strange props and techniques we used so um and i think that really much very much applies to um to a quiet place as well um, i think one day we might uh we might uh, reveal the uh the ingredients but uh I think for
0: now we're gonna stay uh mum <laughs> on it. Well, I, 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 I'm gonna ask anyway. And okay. just, just if you if, if possible, because now you have my interest peaked so high. One Easter egg, are you able to give me at least one in the movie? At all? Anything you guys might have thrown in there at all, you know what I mean? Well,
1: how about um we can tell you something that we tried but then wound up not using?
0: Fair. I like that that That's actually very <laughs> fascinating to me right.
1: so so as you know, you know the process of designing sound, it's a very explorative and experimental sound. So a lot of the things that we tried and played with um, wound up not making it into the movie. Um, in fact, ninety some percent of the things we tried, you know, we didn't didn't wind up in the final product, but, um, one thing that we did try was a sound that, um, one of our lead sound designers, uh, Brandon Jones recorded at his house and in his kitchen, he had this wood drawer that was making this terrible friction squeal sound whenever the drawer was opened. And, uh, and before before he WD40ed it, um, <laughs> he made sure to record it. And uh, for a couple days, we were playing with that kind of shrieky sound um, for the creature. And before deciding, uh, I think we can do better, and moving on to some other ideas. But um, for, for a couple ideas, uh, that was something. For a couple days, that was something we tried.
0: All right. All right, I got my got my juicy hot take of the day. I love it. <laughs> Marco Beltrami, composer who we interviewed last year for Logan, big fan of his work over here. Uh, the score in this film, uh, for me personally, uh, is my favorite of the year so far. Uh, can you guys tell me um, what the collaboration was like with him on this film uh, in terms of music cues and how they would um, work together with the sound? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, mm-hmm. you know, Marco was an incredibly gracious collaborator because what we, what we quickly realized once we started working on the sound design was that it was going to be important to strip away sound and it was going to be important to strip away music. Uh, because the first cut, which we started working on, was um, obviously a very rough cut of the movie before Marco had really started working on it before any of his work was was in it, but um, there was a lot of temp score that had been put in by the by the picture department, um, which you know uh, I suppose because there really wasn't any sound by that point, um, you know they they were putting it in just so there'd be something. But when Eric and I sat down and started working, we realized, okay, we need to we need to start stripping away and getting down to real quiet. Like, how quiet can we get? Mm-hmm. So we started taking out a lot of sound and a lot of music, and then we realized, well, some of the, a lot of these moments are only going to be effective and powerful if we don't play music. Um, so it became very important to preserve. Some of these moments and make sure you know that um, that we weren't going to have any other sound including music playing and Marco was incredibly you know good about working with us on that on that whole idea
1: yeah Mar- marco um... You know, I think one of the reasons he is such an incredible music composer is that he's a storyteller, and he he sees the big picture, and um, and because of that, it made it so easy and so fun for us to collaborate with him and pick the trade offs and how do we intertwine and do this kind of dance with sound design and with music. Um, he, uh, you know, he's telling through the score, he's telling sort of the emotional story, um, of the film in a way. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, on the sound design end, we're telling this kind of visceral reality story. Um, so the two things have to work together beautifully, like a puzzle piece. Um, so, uh, Marco is just uh, just a master at uh, at understanding that everybody has to work together and and everything affects everything else. Um, so uh, you know, it, it could have been a totally different experience with a composer who's very precious about every note that they've composed. You know, um, yeah. we would have had a we would have had a really different movie <laughs> if it weren't for that.
0: Well. The movie is called a Quiet Place. It is playing in theaters currently. If you have not seen it, I highly urge everyone to go to the theater and see it. It is quite an unforgettable experience, and large portion of that is because of how it sounds. Gentlemen, Ethan, Eric, are you guys allowed to tell me about any upcoming projects that you guys will be working on soon?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, can. Yeah. We have a few things going on, and one of, one of the fun ones is... Um, very end of the year, uh, Bumblebee is coming out. So.
0: Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah.
2: Before that, yeah. actually in August, we have a really fun, sweet, kind of magical movie, uh, Christopher Robin, that uh, Mark Forrester, who we've worked on a couple movies with, is directing. Uh, and that'll be coming out in August. And it's... Uh, I, um, I recommend that people go and see that movie because I think it's going to be real special.
0: Uh, I... <laughs> Grew up on Winnie the Pooh over here. Whether it's special or not, it'll be special to me. And I'm sure millions of others will definitely feel that way for sure. Um, Thank you, gentlemen, so, so much um, for joining me here to talk about your work on A Quiet Place. Like I was saying before, it is currently playing in theaters right now. We look forward to hearing more of your work and how you guys help to shape the soundscape of what our ears hear at the cinema. You have been listening to The Next Best Picture podcast My name is Matt Neglia, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and CastBox. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: pleasure. All right. Take care now. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Ethan Van Der Ryan and Eric Adol on their work for the new film from John Krasinski called A Quiet Place. That film is currently playing in theaters. You can check it out right now. Be sure, if you like this interview, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really, really appreciate your feedback. Be sure to listen to all of our main weekly shows, all of our reviews here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Available right now on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and on CastBox. You can find me on all of the social media outlets at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you all next time.